You're listening to Get Out and Drive Podcast with John Custom Carner Admire and Sean Mr. Sedan Man Cheryl. We'll be bringing you gearheads all the information you never wanted to know about cars and why they should be on the road and not in your garage. Are you ready to get out and drive? Hey, we're back with another episode of Get Out and Drive Podcast. I am Sean, Mr. Sedan Man Cheryl. I am John, custom carnered Meyer. Hey, John, you know, uh, trucks have really been taking off here lately, it yeah. seems like. I mean, yep. uh, old trucks, newer trucks, OBS trucks, right. uh, Chevy trucks all over the place. It's, right. it's just people are coming out of the woodwork here lately, right. Right. building these things and driving these things. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting really be a, a kind of a community. Oh, it is. It and is. It's like everybody's united by trucks. It, it is kind of like united by, united by trucks. Hey, speaking of that. Yes. Today, we got Robbie Purser from United by Trucks with us. <laughs> How you doing, yeah. Robbie? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Yep. Hey, thanks for spending some time with us on our podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So you you have a YouTube channel and other I social do. media, United by Trucks. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Kind of give us a, a an overall view of that, if you would, please. Yeah. 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 No problem. So United by Trucks is something um, that I started alongside my friends uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's a YouTube channel. It's Instagram. It's Facebook. And we're basically just highlighting our road trips and classic trucks, our builds with classic trucks, um, you know, filming and profiling other classic trucks when we go to shows and mm -hmm. generally just trying to have a good time with our friends as it relates to classic trucks. So um, like I said, we've been doing this for about a year and a half and uh, it's, you know, myself and a whole crew of other people. Mm -hmm. uh, I just happen to be the, the guy that's doing a lot of the filming, doing a lot of the editing and, you know, pulling everybody together, but right. it takes a, you know, a huge crew of folks to, to pull off. And awesome. um, yeah, we love trucks. So that's, that's really what it's all about. Well, that's great. Yeah. We, we certainly do also, I don't know if you've uh, tripped over uh, Sean's truck. It is a uh, saddle tramp. Yeah. Yeah. Truck we built a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years now. ago now. And very cool. Very cool. Just, remind me, uh, remind me about it. Uh, it's a 68 C10. Uh, kind of, it's a saddle color, white. Yeah. We, we dropped it down. It was a long bed. We cut it down to a short bed. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something yeah. reliable, stock 327, just reliable. We could get out and drive in and, yep. and, and enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah, full cool. goes, and uh, we make sure that we're always out somewhere. Mm -hmm. I know COVID's kind of put a damper on everything lately, mm -hmm. um, but uh, we we had it last year down at uh, the uh, C10 uh, uh, Tennessee show. Yeah, the, the yeah, Tennessee. yeah, yeah, Southeastern Tennessee show. Truck, I think you were down there. Yeah, yeah, Southeastern Truck Nationals. Yeah, that's a, a big show. Yeah, that we were down there last yeah. year. And yeah, we we did make it down this year. Had other commitments we we had to do. Yep, and. Uh, Hopefully we can get back down there next year though. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's a good show. Definitely. Oh, it's a killer show. Yeah, for sure. So how did uh, United by Trucks come about? I mean, how did the, where did the idea of the spark come for that? Yeah, well, I think I've got to sort of even take it back a little bit before um, I started the channel. So, mm -hmm. you know, I have been into, I actually started out in the mini truck and scene, which is where, you know, a lot of folks uh, who are my age and into classic trucks and into classic vehicles now, they, you know, they started, uh, probably uh, with a mini truck. My first truck mm -hmm. was a 96 S10. My first mm -hmm. classic 
was a 67 C10 short bed step side that I got when I was 18. Sure, okay. um, so that kind of set in motion, you know, me just loving these trucks and being into these trucks. And um, I took a little bit of time off when I was in college, but as I got a little bit older, I got a little more financially stable. I thought, hey, I should get another truck and get back into this, uh, you know, something that I really love. So about a year and a half ago, I started a, a, just a simple, super basic YouTube channel called Whitlock Garage. Mm-hmm. And it's called Whitlock Garage because of the area that I live in. So the, I'm currently at home right now in the area mm-hmm. I live in. It's called Whitlock Heights. And I was okay. living in a different, different house at the time but just doing simple mods because I'm no welder, I'm no fabricator, anything like that. I was just doing simple bolt-on stuff that I could do in my garage and then getting together with my friends to do the more, you know, advanced stuff. We all seem to bring, a, you know, a different types of skills together as most friends do. Right. In sure. garage. Right. Um, and so the channel kicked off in November of 2018 as Whitlock Garage. And I started just feeling this, this, this um this sense of unity around trucks i mean everywhere as the as the channel began to grow people were telling us how we we're inspiring them to do things in their own garage and inspiring them to start you know youtube channels and the the tagline united by trucks started to work its way into my little intro on the youtube channel wow, well, okay. after about six or eight months i just thought i don't need to be calling this thing whitlock garage this thing needs to be called united by trucks because that's, that, that encompasses everything that we're, that we're doing. So right. that's how United by Trucks was born. And, and it has literally been UBT ever since. Nice. Oh, very cool. That's uh, that's great evolution story that, uh, that works out, uh, works out great. I yeah. mean, it's a great, it's got a great ring to it and mm-hmm. uh, it shows how people come together, uh, especially in the truck community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you see it, you know, you, you've got the first gen Camaros, you've got, you know, those, those were strong and have been strong for, you know, 30 years now. And right. I think we're really starting to see that the classic trucks, whether it's, you know, pre 47, all the way up through, you know, even the OBSs and, and even newer model trucks. I mean, I have a love for newer model trucks as well, particularly as it relates to Duramax powered trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're seeing a lot of those, a lot of that community that you've seen, you know, first gen Camaro or other, or pick your other, you know, your mm-hmm. other classic car community, you're seeing all that form around classic trucks. And I think there's going to be a, a pretty significant longevity, you know, that mm-hmm. 30, 40, 50 year time frame that mm-hmm. people are going to be really into these trucks. It may last forever, but you know, there's, there's such a sure. fervor and there's such sure. a, you know, such a, a passion around them right now. And we've been, you know, seeing that for probably the last five to seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you said uh, your first truck was a mini truck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, if you want to certainly take us back to that and uh, talk us uh, talk us through to now. I mean, if you yeah. can. Yeah. So um, I, I have no idea how many, what number of trucks I've owned since that time. I've sure, sure. <laughs> owned somewhere between 15 and 20 right now in all various conditions. Right. But the very first truck that I got was a 1996 regular cab, short bed, pretty base model truck, but it had bucket seats and a 4.3 with a 4L60E in it. Um, So that little thing would fly. I mean, me and a buddy could lift up the rear end, so it would just blow the tires off anytime we, you know, (laughs) got in it, which Uh is, I'm sure my parents didn't expect that when they were buying this, you know, helping me get this when I was 15 years old. But (laughs) um, it, 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 as I, as my dad took me to more mini truck shows and more classic truck shows, 
I really figured out that I liked a lowered truck or a truck that has, you know, a good stance and a great wheel and tire package. That's really kind of how everything started with me. And that's how I think about trucks right now. So the very right. first thing I look at when I walk up on a truck or I'm considering buying a truck is thinking about that, that wheel and tire package and the stance, you know, what, what am I going to do to the suspension, if anything, but what am I going to do to the suspension to make it something I want? So that 96 S10, that was my first truck. We got it lowered down. I think we lowered it, you know, three, five or something like that. Did a spindle up front and did a block. Yeah, I think we did a block and I can't even remember in the rear. They're leaf sprung trucks. I don't think we flipped it though. Anyway, so got it lowered pretty nicely and put a set of 17 inch Eagle alloys on it. So that was kind of the hot wheel back then. I think there were two 12s. Right. Um, that was kind of the hot wheel back then that, you know, a young person could afford or, you know, it was kind of your middle of the road without getting into right. bullets. Um, so we put Flowmasters on it and, you know, just tried to modify it, you know, as any young person would do to their first vehicle sure. on a limited budget. So right. thankfully, my parents believed in my passion and would help me out where they could. And mm -hmm. that really that really made a difference. Um, and then from that point forward, it, it has it has progressed more into the, the classic truck side of the world. Like mm -hmm. I said, I got that 67 C10 when I was 18, paid a thousand bucks for it. I couldn't even drive a three on a tree. My dad drove it home. <laughs> now think about buying a 1967 complete C10 that is running and driving short bed for a thousand dollars. You wow. can yeah. do that. You can do that now, if, you know, if you beat no. somebody over the head and took it. Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, so it is, that that goes that shows you right there that the how the times have changed over the last i mean that's been when i'm 36 so that's been 18 years ago right yeah right yeah the the prices and interest has jumped exponentially oh yeah absolutely it is crazy absolutely crazy yep so you was talking about your dad taking you into mini truck shows and stuff is that is that kind of what got you into uh cars and trucks Absolutely. Yeah. That is the single thing that got me into cars and trucks. Mm -hmm. uh, it, when I got the S10, I actually wanted, and I'm sure all my, my truck friends are going to beat me over the head for this, but I wanted a 64 and a half Mustang. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted. Sure. They bought me a truck and I was like, eh, I'm not really interested in that, but this is what I, what I have to play with. So that's when I began, you know, saving up money and trying to make it happen. But my dad and a good friend of, of mine, Zach Zimmerman, um, we spent a lot of time going to whether it was Nopi Nationals or yeah. the mini truck and show at Atlanta Motor Speedway, mm -hmm. or even just your, your local cruise in in my hometown of Cedartown, Georgia, mm -hmm. which is, I live about an hour away from there now. Um, we would just go to those local cruise ins and I'd look at, obviously look at mini trucks because that was what I was working with at the time. But when I saw a C10, particularly a 67 to 72 C10, mm -hmm. that just, that was icing on the cake for me. That was everything that, you know, that I was interested in from that point forward. So uh, unfortunately, the, the summer that I bought that truck, like many do, right. I brought it home, that 67 C10 I'm talking yeah. about. Mm -hmm. The summer that I bought that truck, brought it home, friend of mine got it in the garage, we tore it all to pieces, I went off to college, and ultimately sold it in pieces. So that's oh, wow. a, something I wish had not happened. I wish I still had that truck. I right. wish I, you know, knew then what I know now. Right. Uh, but it, it still was that spark to yep. to really say, hey, once I get through college, once I'm able to to do this the way I want to do it, mm -hmm. 
I know what I want. Mm-hmm. So, Any uh, influences or mentors or people that have kind of helped you get along to where you are now? Oh, gosh. There's a very long list of people <laughs> that have helped me get here. Like I said, my dad, um, Zach Zimmerman. Those are two of my, my hometown friends that really sort of nurtured. You know, Zach gave me my first ride in a lowered square body. He had one that was yeah. just flat out on the ground and 15-inch okay. torque sure, thrust, sure. With a hopped up 350. That was my first ride in a C10. But um, you got, I got folks now like Brian Harrison, you know, mm-hmm. Harrison's Rod and Custom. Yep. Uh, cool Jesse dude. Vaughn up at level seven, who's more on the, you know, on the racing pro touring side. Yep. Um, those are people who are, are doing great things and I'm trying to learn from them, obviously, because, you know, I, in a lot of, a lot of instances, yep. I end up being the guy with the camera or I end up being the guy with the wrench, but not the guy with the welder or not the guy who's doing some of the fab work. So right. that has, um, that the influence that they've had on me over the last couple of years has, has really been great. So we always ask our guests, uh, what'd you take your driver's test in? Was it that uh, little S10 that you had? It was that S10, yes. Okay. And the great thing about it is when it came time to Parallel Park, that thing was so short, I had no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a regular cab short bed S10, that thing was, it was tiny. Yep. That's awesome. What kind of trucks you own now? I mean, what's your personal oh, stuff? Yes. What are you rolling around in? So my most recent purchase that I love, and you can actually see the front of it I sticking out through that window there, is a 86 Crew Cab C30 okay. uh, that's pretty well original. It's had one repaint, got a little bit of rust down low, mm-hmm. but it's got 70,000 70, miles on it. I bought it was 68, and I put 2,500 2, mm-hmm. on it because I've been getting out and driving it over the last couple of weeks. Yep. So that is, you know, that's something that I – um. I really love this truck. I can throw the family in it. I can hook up my Airstream to it right. or I can hook a trailer to it and go. Yep. It's a 454 Turbo 400. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other trucks that I have here, I've got a Blazer that we call UBTK5, which was a four-wheel drive Blazer that we took and put a two-wheel drive chassis under, airbag chassis. Uh-huh. LS swapped it. It's original paint fish yeah. and, you know, kind of refurbed it for a big road trip that we did earlier this year. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the truck that probably means the most to me, and I'm, I'm looking this way because I'm looking literally in my carport right oh, now. Oh, you right? have to. Um, yeah, the, the truck that, meant, that means the most and really gave me the confidence to start the YouTube channel is a truck I call Teddy. And it's a 68 GMC short bed, heavy patina truck mm-hmm. that we built for Hot Rod Power Tour in 2018. Okay. So my dad and I and another friend, Evan Dobbins, actually got in my garage where I started Whitlock Garage and built this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron folks who we call TTR, mm-hmm. uh, Rick Cheeseman, and even John Paget at the time were instrumental in helping me get that truck together. And we did it in 68 days, which is kind of funny, 1968. Sure, wow. sure. Eight days. Um, and then, you know, I drove it around in my neighborhood five days before we left. It's LS powered. Mm-hmm. I drove it around five days before we left. Didn't even have a bed or a front clip on it. Mm-hmm. We put all that on it. And then I left with my dad on power tour. Wow. So that was really the, in 2018, the, the thing that said, Hey, you don't have a lot of all these crazy skills that these people have that are building these unbelievable trucks, right. but you've got enough skills and resources and friends, which is the best part of it. Sure to put something together and it'd be reliable enough. We, I've had zero issues out of the truck mm-hmm. ever since we put it together. A good, good community, a good community of people behind you. Yeah. That is always helpful. 
You know, if yeah. you if you don't have the exact hands-on knowledge, you can learn and have somebody help you and just learn while you build the thing. So, Robbie, you talk about building Teddy for uh, the Hot Rod Power Tour. Uh, you said it's pretty reliable throughout that. Do you have any other breakdown stories from previous builds or such? Yeah. <laughs> super fun stuff because we usually take something and we'll build it like madmen driving around no parts fall off and we're yeah. on this 200 mile yep. 200 mile journey yeah, you're you that dumb like we are yeah. yes i am okay <laughs> yes. i mean all my friends are <laughs> that's right that's right yeah i think that that that's probably one of the one of the things that i enjoy the yeah. most and obviously why i want to come talk to you guys yeah about this but I want to drive my classics. Like, oh, yeah. I want them to be built. They, I mean, they, they need to be functional. They may not be pretty. They may not be, you know, the best parts, but the combination of parts, I need it to be functional. Right. And I was talking about the blazer earlier. Mm -hmm. That's something that we built um, throughout the end of 19 and then into 20. Mm -hmm. And then we road tripped it to LST, which is Lone Star Throwdown. Okay. Um, so we spent, you know, a little bit of time in 2019 getting the chassis ready for the body to be swapped onto it. And it's an airbag chassis with all AccuAir uh, air management. Mm. It's an LS powered uh, drivetrain as well. But we, for some reason, I don't know why we like to do this, but waited to the last minute, 45 days out from LST, which was in late February, before we decided, hey, we're going to put the body on this thing. We're going to okay. get the interior done. Right. Why we're going to you know, get all the wiring done. Why not? Yeah, so it is, and, and I, I do not recommend doing it that way, <laughs> because especially if you're doing it with your friends and you're relying on, you know, this, this group of people to help you right. get to the finish line, right. because it wears people out, it wears everybody oh, yeah. out. Sure. And so, anyway, it provides for a great experience, though, in that you don't really have a whole lot of test drive time. So right. we put this thing together, right. you know, I'm coming off of this, oh, we put Teddy together, this, you know, 68 GMC with a, with a 5.3 and 460, zero issues. And we did that in my garage. You know, okay. now we have a shop, we have a little bit more, right. you know, resources at our disposal to help us get these things done a lot more quickly, like a lift, you know, right. never had a lift before. That was, mm -hmm. that was pretty awesome. Um, so we put this thing together and leave on a, I can't even remember exactly what day it was. I think it was Thursday mm -hmm. and it's a 14 hour drive to Conroe, Texas mm -hmm. from my, from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so we put it together on a Thursday. I had driven it around the Monday before, like actually been out on the road right. thinking, okay, let's shake it down a little bit, figure out, you know, what might be the, the hiccups or the impediments to us getting all the way to Texas. Right. Didn't have one single issue. So, of course, Thursday morning, we load that thing up, and it is pouring down rain. Mm -hmm. We had partnered with street trucks on a, on a big cruise out to, to LST. So mm -hmm. we had a gaggle of trucks waiting on us at the varsity. And the first thing that happened, we got a half a mile from my house, and Ron, my buddy, we call him TTR, he has a, an 85 or 84 GMC square body that's been LS swapped, and we did all that on the channel. We call it Pecos. Sure. And his one of his little uh, o-rings on his um on his fuel rail uh -huh. actually ruptured and started spewing fuel half a mile from my house nice. so i was like wow is this how it's going to start <laughs> yes. it's not necessarily the blazer we just built but we're already having you know already having issues on 
on a truck that's pretty tried and true and tested. Right. Uh-huh. But um, we get that handled. We're running an hour and 15 minutes late. We get to the varsity. Everybody's there. Say our hellos. Start pulling out. And I get across the intersection in downtown Atlanta from the varsity and all power. I just lose everything uh-huh. in the blazer. I mean, everything. Wow. And I've got four, I got three other people in the blazer with me and we've got, there are trucks everywhere. Right. We're all trying to get on the interstate and do that whole situation. Yep. People pulling trailers. So we pull over, there's like 15 people around trying to figure out, you know, what the issue is. Right. Um, we start checking fuses We're we're, you know, trying, we're, purging the fuel system just to make sure some air hadn't got into it, right. even though it didn't really make sense. And that's kind of what we thought it was in the beginning. Right. Um, but a buddy of mine, Wesley messed around with the fuse box and it wasn't 30 seconds later, the thing fired up. Oh. We're like, yeah, maybe, maybe it was the air in the fuel system. So yeah. we, I mean, we were just really unsure. Right. Didn't matter though. It was running and we were rolling and we were already running late. So right. we took off. We get uh, 11 hours down the road, no issues whatsoever for 11 hours. And we get to, um, oh shoot, I can't remember the, Denham Springs, Louisiana, I believe okay. it is. I think that's the town that was in. Pull over to get gas. It's freezing, which I, we just, none of us expected. And I don't have <laughs> heat or AC in this blazer at this point in time. Right. Cause that's, that's a nice to have. Sure. Uh, so we pull over get gas, you know, get our drinks, whatever we need to do. And I go to start it back up and it won't do anything mm-hmm. at all. Didn't have any issues rolling into the gas station, mm-hmm. but as soon as I turned it off, <laughs> you know, so it turns into a three or four hour ordeal in this gas station with our entire team or the people that stuck with us, obviously trucks got separated in that 11 hour right. process. The people, the core people, the Ricks, the Rons, the Rockies, those, those, those folks, uh, Chaz, so to be, um, those folks stayed right there and we basically solutioned the whole thing under the gas station awning in a parking lot. And basically all it was, was the fuel pump power wire was too short running into the, um, uh, running into the, the, the relay. <laughs> and essentially we just had to extend it. Chaz helped me do that. Get mm-hmm. it, got it all extended and plugged back in mm-hmm. and I haven't had a problem since, Wow! but it was that, you know, all of that is under the dash, yeah. the computers under there, the relays and the distribution blocks, fuse, the uh, sure. fuse block, all of that mm-hmm. under the dash. And we're literally just, you know, testing wires, testing wires. And we figured out pretty quickly the fuel pump wasn't coming on. Mm-hmm. And so that led us to just chase down that, wow. that gremlin. But yeah, that's a, I think to answer your question yeah. uh, in, a, in a long way. Sure. Yeah. We put stuff together. We want them to be functional, but we hit the road as, almost as soon as we're, we're done with them because we have, you know, a deadline or a timeline and we've right. said, hey, we're going to be here in this. Right. Yep. Uh, so that 14 hour trip turned into 21 hours, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was grueling. I mean, we had a, we had a fun time at LST, but all, that whole backup of, you know, having that kind of trouble, right. it just really made it, you know, we, we didn't get in in time to go to bed early. Right. We didn't get in, you know, we got in super late. And everybody's excited. So you get up early, everybody's tired. It was just a, it made for a little bit more of a grueling trip. And then on the way back, I'll just, I'll make this short on the way back. <laughs> we had bent all the brake lines. It's got brand new brake lines. My cow, my, my shop partner right. helped me get all that done. And um, one of the, one of the lines that runs into the master cylinder cracked at the flare. Wow. And so I lost all my rear brakes uh-huh. and, um, 
you know, we're doing 80 miles an hour. This thing's got a 6L80 in it. So it's got a six speed in it. You can really, you know, you can really wind it out on the interstate. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're doing 80 miles an hour. And I was like, as soon as I touched the brakes, I could tell something was different. And I do not mess around when it comes to brakes. No. If brakes do not feel right, you know, you pull over and figure out what it is. Even right. if you got to bleed them right there on the side of the highway. Right. So we figured that out, obviously got it fixed and made it on, made it on back home. But that was not the success story that Power Tour was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a heck of a story. That's pretty cool. Yep. So I know you're into trucks. Uh, this will be for cars, trucks, whatever. Dream car, dream truck. Something oh, yeah. You currently own what you don't own, whatever. Money's no object. What's your dream car to get out and drive? My dream car would be, I actually have two, if I can fudge here a little bit. Yeah, all right. Yep. So uh, I want a 32 all steel Roadster. Sure. Like a Ford 32 Henry Ford steel Roadster. Um, doesn't have to be hopped up. I want it to have a flathead in it. I don't right. want the small block Chevy situation. I want a flathead. I want it to be Ford. Um, so 32 Ford Roadster would be one that I would love to have. Mm-hmm. And obviously I want it high boy because I want it up on the, on top of the frame rails. Sure. I like the way that looks Oh yeah. Um, from that perspective. And then a 55 uh, Bel Air hardtop. And I'll take that in lots of different configurations <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long as it's a 55. Right. But um, those would be my two dream cars. Yeah. I would say that my dream truck, and it's something I don't currently own and have never owned one of them, right. uh, would be a 5859 short bed fleet side. Oh, neat. Uh, Chevy truck or GMC. Yep. Just because I like the, the dual headlights or the quad headlights. Yep. You know, they got two headlights on each side. Um, and that was, I think, some of the first years they were putting fleet side. I think 58 or 59 might have actually been the first year. They put a fleet side uh, steel, on. Steel on. fleet sides, yes. 57 was first year for a fiberglass. The cameo. cameo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cameo. Yep. I knew there was some nuance in there that I didn't quite have right. Yep. But, um, yeah, so the, the 58, 59 with that quad headlight with the steel fleet side bed, big back window, how they wrap around. Oh, yeah. You know, I just, I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's always a tough question for, for a true car guy to narrow it down to one car. Right. I think about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, John and I talk about it all mm-hmm. the time that you know, any given moment we're building a different car in our head, then that's at that moment our dream car. Right. You know, and yeah, absolutely. People ask us, it's like, well, it depends on what time of the day, what day of the week. Right. You know, it's always he's always sending me something new from from marketplace. It's like, oh, you gotta get this. You know, yeah, that would be um my buddy Barry who helps us film some stuff and yeah. especially when we do big road trips. Yeah. Uh, his name's Barry Davison up in Tennessee. But yeah, he um he's he's the worst. I mean, he sends me something if not every day, every other day, and right. it's always in my area and it's always a good price. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You're making me spend all this money. <laughs> we were recording yeah. a couple of weeks ago and Sean sent me a, uh, on marketplace, uh, an ad for a truck. And I'm like, this is too cheap, man. There is no yeah. way, you know, and I just kind of disregarded it. And Sean said, did you look at that thing? Is that guy's got that truck still up? And I said, yeah. And I, I messaged him. I mean, we're recording. Right. And I messaged the guy in the morning and didn't get nothing back. I'm like, oh, definitely sold easy. The guy sent us back that this is, let me see, uh, was probably three o'clock on a Sunday. And we're in St. Louis. This truck is like a stone's throw from Missouri border in Arkansas, but it's in Missouri. Yeah. Yep. And so it's five and a half hours away. And 
the guy's like, oh yeah, I still got this. I turned to my wife and she's like, why are we still recording? Why are we not going to get this truck? Cut this now. Let's get in the truck. Yes, put this yeah. down and go get the truck. So we loaded up the trailer, hauled ass down to this guy's place and picked up a round eye 76 C10. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it still has mud all over the thing. It has, you could not see through the windshield. It is mud, barn dust. Straight out of the barn. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No oh, yeah. yeah. Just a mud farm truck. And yeah. from yeah. the area, uh, they got paved roads around there somewhere, but I didn't know if we, we drove on them. Yeah. You know, but it, it was a farm <laughs> truck, a straight up farm truck. Yeah. Get there, pick the truck up, get back. Climb into bed at two o'clock in the morning. Get right. up and go to yeah. work on Monday. Yeah, get up and go and work on the next goes, day. Right? Yeah. And but those are the adventures. I mean, right. you know right. that that's, right. you're sitting here telling me that right now, right? right? Because it's, it's a memory. It's something right. that has yeah. been burned into your your brain. And yeah, that, that's that's what we're about. That's what right. we're teasing. That's a, making that kind of and, we're, and we're looking at each other. It's like we're idiots. We should never do this again. Right. Guaranteed. <laughs> Tomorrow. Next weekend, we right. find another truck. Right. Hey, you want oh, yeah. Yep, let's go. <laughs> We're ready to rock. That's the next truck, the next uh, square body C10 that you'll see on our uh, podcast on our channel. Uh, its name is General Crusted. <laughs> Appropriate name. It is, it is a dilapidated tan uh, round eye 76, and, and, and uh, I think it'll do very well. I think you're right. I, I was going to, as soon as you mentioned round I 76, I own one of those as well. Yeah. That's probably in worse condition than the one you're describing, but sure. um, it, it has gotten, you know, it, it used to be, it was 60 to 66 trucks mm -hmm. and then it was 67 to 72s. And, you know, I'm really into 67, 72s, even though I don't currently own a bunch of square bodies, right. but it has gotten much more difficult to find a, a barn find or a field find or a clean round eye square body and even 81 to 87. But, right, right. you know, it has just gotten so much more difficult. And if you do find them, they are $10,000 plus, yes. which yes. used to be able to, I mean, it wasn't three, four years ago, yep. that same truck you're describing, mm -hmm. you could probably get it for 1500 bucks, yes. you know, or $2,000. Very much so. Um, and it's just a different, so it's just a different, time and i oftentimes or at least recently yeah you know because we put such a such an emphasis on square bodies and mm -hmm. gm classic trucks even though we're about more than just gm trucks right i get you know ubt gets blamed for for driving up the prices and i, I mean obviously <laughs> i think that's ridiculous but um it, it is there has become such a spotlight on yeah. that that style of truck in particular the round eye square body that yeah the prices have just really well, gone up. people are watching you and people are seeing what you do and they're buying these trucks and they're flipping them for 10 times the money or whatever um that's your it's followers true. yep yeah that's great that means you're maybe you're making you're making waves and you're doing yep. a good job yeah. that's true well thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's good so you've been to a couple of shows this year. I know I've, I, I've seen your adventures down at uh, Battle and Bama. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. That was also an adventure, yeah. It had yeah. a little bit of problems with a... Uh, oh, with the AC generator? The AC generator. Yeah, it was. That was a different kind of... Uh, that was actually the truck performed flawlessly. It was the, yeah. <laughs> it was the camper I was having issues with. Yeah. Uh, how, how's the, how are the shows this year with, with all this COVID stuff going on? Is it, yeah, so we've not been able to make it to a lot of shows yet, yeah. but yeah, and and I'll be honest with you, I have struggled with it tremendously. Right, okay. you know, we are taking it very seriously in my house. Right, you know, um, we have my wife's parents 
you know, we have a lot of, there are medically fragile people around us. Uh -huh. um, thankfully, I get to work from home, whether it's UBT or my, my actual day job. Mm -hmm. My wife does as well. So we can limit exposure that way. Um, but there was, I'll be, to put it frank, there's a, there's a certain amount of risk that we were willing to assume mm -hmm. to go to some of these shows. And a lot of the, um, there have been a lot that we have not gone to. There have been a lot and I continue every single day. I'm asked about a show or if we're coming to it. Yep. And we've just taken the strategy. There are a couple of key shows throughout the year. Mm -hmm. We're willing to assume that risk. We wear masks as much as possible, sure. hand sanitizer, social distance as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But you have a lot of folks at these shows uh, who have entirely different opinions than I do, or, you know, any, you know, than the rest of the folks who are there mm -hmm. and, and do different things, you know, and, and that's their prerogative. And I'm the one that's entering, you know, that environment with a, maybe a little bit different uh, opinion or understanding of, of, right. um, of COVID. So it, it has, to put it frank, to, to be frank, it has been a struggle. Mm -hmm. It's something I've, I've toiled with. Mm -hmm. uh, I've even come home from shows and be like, I'm not doing another one this year, Wow, you know, just to be, just to put it, plainly oh yeah. Um, yeah yeah but i have I, I just have to put a little bit more trust in the process and you know wear the mask where i can I, obviously i don't do it on in, during interviews or something like that if i'm filming you know an interview at a show but if i'm in the booth and i'm selling a t-shirt or i'm communicating with somebody i'm trying not to shake their hand mm -hmm. i've got hand sanitizer everywhere and i'm from the south i want to shake everybody's hand i want to <laughs> hug your neck you know i want to do all of that so that's right. that's been a struggle too um, but you know, I, I think our strategy has been pick the key shows that you want to attend, especially from a regional perspective right? and be as safe as possible. You right. know, I have, that's part of the reason I got the camper. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't want to stay in hotels. Right. I was doing Airbnbs and we decided, you know, to invest in, in our Airstream. And, um, so I've been, been taking that and Battle Alabama was our first time to take it to a show that we didn't have any hookups. So we had nothing but generators mm -hmm. and um, I tested it out at home. Everything worked flawlessly. Everything worked flawlessly for eight and a half hours. And, of course it did. And mm -hmm. um, in battle in Bama. And then at two 30 in the morning, it decided it was not going to work flawlessly anymore. Of yeah. course it did. So it just kind of set the, you know, it, it changed the way we, we uh, had fun and enjoyed that show. I yeah. should say. Gotcha. True. True. Um, future of the industry. I know we talk about evolution and you can no longer buy a $1,500 square body. Where do you <laughs> yeah. see this, this situation going and is United by trucks doing anything with uh, the next generation uh, to get people interested in trucks? Are you doing anything with the next generation and trying to get them involved? Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll tackle the last part first. And yeah. I, I will say there's, there's, there's so much more that we can all be doing yeah. to, bring younger people into the mix, but YouTube podcasts, like your, your own podcast, mm -hmm. that's going to do it. That's where younger people are, especially those who are getting into that college age range okay. and getting a little bit older. They're definitely listening to podcasts and they're watching, you know, their favorite topic on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, I, what I try to do, particularly I had a, I had a series called what's in my driveway where I was, people would come to my house mm -hmm. who were local to me and I would film and interview them about their truck. And right. I really use that as a spotlight to try to highlight as many young people as I could. Mm -hmm. And even in the Battle in Bama video, I always, I highlighted a, a young man named Cody Castles, who's got a killer 76, you know, spirit edition step side okay. truck that is gorgeous. Um, I try to find 
if I have the time and I'm, I'm able to, I try to find someone who is young, who's working on their truck with their dad at home or just doing it all by themselves or they're paying somebody to do it for them, Mm -hmm. but they have an interest in classic trucks and they want to talk about it. So I think, like I said, I could be doing more, but one way I'm trying to, to inspire or trying to motivate is by putting these younger people on camera and letting them talk about their truck and, and it not be just that it's not always that cookie cutter, square body with a four and a half, six and 20 inch torque dress on it. It's, you know, a broad spectrum, whether it's, you know, Christian Carpenter's a, a guy I filmed and, and a good friend of mine, he's got like a 63 long bed Chevy truck. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Cody who's got the 76 spirit edition. Mm-hmm. And then um, another friend who had a Dodge uh, W150. Yeah, I think that's right. That's the four wheel drive okay. uh, Dodge mm-hmm. uh, truck from, you know, mid seventies. So, I try to do what I can from a, Hey, let's, let's prop them up. Let's, right. let's lift up the younger generation. Cause I still feel like a young man myself, but mm-hmm. once I get out and go to these shows, I'm like, I'm not the young guy. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just not, there are, there are guys who are 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 and girls yeah. who are out there working on these trucks, building these trucks. And mm-hmm. I want to prop them up as, as much as I can. Yeah. Um, from a future of the industry perspective, I think I touched on this a little bit early on, but I think trucks are here to stay. Mm -hmm. If if I have anything to do with it, do with it, they will continue to be here, you know, here to stay. But it is, uh, I I think we're, we're in that first gen Camaro kind of timeframe where we're looking at, you know, closer to a half a century where people are really going to be engaged in trucks. Oh yeah. And I'm not talking just about C10s or just about GM trucks. Mm -hmm. There is so much going on in, the Ford industry from oh, yes. F100s, um, to F1s, all those, all, all the Ford trucks. Yeah. You're seeing folks like Fat Fender Garage um, really get in there. And even Arclight, you know, Aaron Kaufman, get in there and try to create products for those who just love Ford trucks. And yep. I've got a 61 unibody myself that I'm super passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's just so foreign to me because I've right. always worked on GM trucks. I have not really jumped off into, into messing with it yet, but I've got plans to buy another Ford truck because I like them also, even though I grew up in a GM sort of environment. Right. Um, Ford trucks are just cool. Ford yeah. classic trucks, Dodge. I mean, the sweat blind Dodges. Um, oh, yeah. We've got folks like, um, I think he goes by slammed Ram on Instagram, okay. but he built the coolest. I want to say it was a 64 sweat line that I have ever seen. Just That's an original paint yeah. laid out, you know, beautiful chassis work. Mm-hmm. But there is, I think the, I think what you what you're seeing right now in the GM truck world, that is obviously bleeding over into the Ford world. And I really, really hope, and I think it will, that it bleeds over into the, to the Dodge and, and Mopar side mm-hmm. of, of trucks as well. Yeah. So I think the, you know, in short future of the industry, it's, it's going to continue to grow from a truck perspective. Right. I think you're going to see, continue to see more and more players in the game and, I think it's here to stay. It's something that's going to be around for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you on the Ford trucks. I mean, mm-hmm. I love those things. And right. I, I just have this big desire to build a, uh, I don't know, mid sixties on a uh, crown Vic chassis. Oh yeah. And daily yeah. it. I mean, Oh man. Yeah. I want to do that so bad. I can taste it. But. Right. <laughs> we have, we yeah, all, have, I, um, we all have the bad. I want. Yeah. The KCI yeah. wants, yes, yeah. and, and I'm a G, and I'm a GM guy, but I I just want more right. of those real bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. A good friend of mine uh, from the Ford era, his name's Solomon Longer. 
Uh, he's been affiliated with street trucks and unibody um, was it unibody union. Yeah. Unibody union. Okay. He'll kill me for not getting that right. But uh, unibody union, the Ford era, he's had a number of unibodies that he's done that exact same thing okay. where they do the crown big swap on the front end, or they just swap the whole entire frame right. floor pan and everything. From right. Right. Big. Just set the body down on it. And they've had, they've had really good results with that. And I've actually ridden in one. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you would have thought it was a stock vehicle. It right. did not feel like a lowered, classic truck it definitely right. rode much more like a stock vehicle wow. so wow that just feels plenty of ways to get that done right now <laughs> great now you're just adding fuel to the fire yeah let me let me get on marketplace here real quick yeah right right we'll just take a brief moment an intermission where we can all get on marketplace <laughs> right <laughs> so it seems like all uh, car guys have some sort of uh, extra thing they collect uh, car you know car related memorabilia Hot Wheels. Do you have anything particularly you like to collect? Other than hubcaps in the autom on the automotive side. Um, and I guess, I mean, just a plethora of truck parts that I think I'll need, you know, sure. yeah. uh, well, trucks I don't even own. Wheels, right. but it is, uh, I have, my wife likes to tell me I have very expensive hobbies. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. So yes. The other one that I have scaled back quite a bit so I can help obviously fund, you know, UBT and all that we're doing here, but mm -hmm. um, it was guitars. I play guitar. Oh, wow. I played guitar since I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. And not only do I, you know, I have, I have this, well, I have these expensive hobbies and I want, you know, and think I need sometimes <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive guitar. Right. Um, so, but I have scaled that back quite a bit. Um, but yeah, guitars would have to be it. If, if, um, if I had to name another thing that I was really interested into interested in and also takes, you know, quite a bit of money, but I put trucks ahead of guitars right now. <laughs> Is everything across the board, uh, the same now all of our listeners can, uh, get a hold of you, get in touch with you and, uh, and view your channel and follow you on social media. Go ahead and plug away. Yeah, so it's United by Trucks on YouTube, United by Trucks on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're, those are the three platforms we're the most most active on, but okay. it's United by Trucks all the way across. Okay. Um, on Instagram, it's United underscore by underscore trucks, you know, that whole confusing thing. Uh -huh. but, um, but yeah, it's United by Trucks all the way across the board. I, when I changed it over from Whitlock Garage to United by Trucks, I put a poll out there asking, you know, my viewers and, and the audience that, that watches what we do, what their thoughts were. And it was overwhelmingly change it all to UBT. So Great. that's what we did. Uh, but had a fun time talking with you today. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll stay in touch. And uh, when you come to uh, St. Louis, we'll, uh, we'll hang out for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to catch up. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. Thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, Robbie, what drives you? Cruising down a back road in my 68 GMC, about 65 miles an hour with the windows down. Hey, John, you know, as uh, car guys, we're always looking for the next project. Always uh, keep your eyes peeled. big thing, you know, uh, either looking on... on social media looking for something or you know sometimes you just drive out in the back roads and uh, find what everybody calls a barn find oh yeah you know that's kind of the the big thing that everybody wants to find something's been put away for 30 40 years right right and uh you know next episode 
we're going to be talking to uh, Ryan Brutt. Oh, man. Uh, known as Auto Archaeologist. Right. Uh, I mean, this is what he's done for a long time. He just travels the back roads and yeah. and finds all these cars that's been sitting for 30, 40 years. I mean, Hemi cars, you know, collector cars, big cars. Right, right. So uh, that'll be an interesting uh, episode to uh, chat with him. Sure. And uh, hopefully everybody will tune in and uh, listen to his story along with us. I think it'll be great. I am John, Custom Carter and Meyer. You can follow me at Custom Carnard on Instagram. And I'm Sean, Mr. Sedan Man Cheryl. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Sedan Man. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Like, share, give us your comments. Tag us on Twitter at Get Out and Drive Pod. What drives you?